and but we don't really pay attention to what we're saying about being one body as a body of believers. And so just thinking about how the movement is uh, in the Christian faith um, sometimes leads me to believe that we don't understand the totality of what the scripture says about us being one body um, in the body of Christ and having uh, many parts and many members. And so today I thought I'd talk about that a little bit because uh, this has got to be our biggest, uh, and I'm just taking my shoes off you. I'm just going to be real comfortable real quick. But um, this has got to be one of the biggest hindrances in the body of Christ uh, when us getting things done or uh, completing assignments that the Lord has uh, given to us to do is because we um, may not necessarily be um, in the timing or necessarily understanding the totality of one body, one one body of believers with many members, so to speak. So I think that that's the part that I, I'd like to uh, be able to minister in this vein. Uh, give me a second really quick. Let me look and see this message that I'm seeing here. Okay, that's nothing. Okay, so basically um, I wanted to talk uh, about how we see things as a body of believers. Uh, I look around and, uh, and this can be from just in the church, outside of the church, just Christian faith. And I noticed that uh, with us, we are very individualized. And when I say that as a body of believers, when and I say individualized, I mean we operate separately of each other. We don't necessarily understand the connection of a body. Like when we look at our natural body, and one of my daughters and I had this discussion and I was talking to her uh, about it. That's how the body of Christ, he sees us as a body. And he, try, he explains it to us and gives us that demonstration so we can recognize and maybe understand what it is to be a body. Different members, like my eyes don't look like my hands, my hands don't look like my shoulders, different parts, yet individually connected to one body. Individuals connected to one body. And so... Uh, in and of ourselves, like my finger just off by itself is just a dismembered finger. It, 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 it has no, you know, no assistance to this body anymore if it's disconnected. Um, it's no longer an aid to this body. Any disconnected member is no longer an aid to the body. And this is why I believe, uh, like the topic of the show today, is why I think it's important that we understand that. Understand the importance of a connected body, a joined together body, a body that is in its whole connected and good for each other, good for the body as a whole. Like my hand, when it reaches down to grab my water, you know, it's aiding my body as a whole. My whole body is going to benefit from my hand reaching down and grabbing the water. My mouth is receiving the water, 
But ultimately, the entire body will benefit from the act of the hand and the mouth. And ultimately, all the working parts in there that distribute the water so that the body can be nourished or uh, uh, given hydration for its betterment, for the entire body. The mouth can't say, I'm just going to hold the water in my mouth and then just, you know, the rest of the body is just going to have to do for itself. It's just not how the body's made. But I think when we as believers, we don't look at the body in that manner. We somehow think, and some of us got it really, really twisted, we think that God favors this finger over this finger. I've seen people say that, you know, they think that they're the, 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 the thing to God or whatever that will, they supersede what God is feeling or, or, or how he feels about someone else. And to me, we have the favor of the Lord. I know we can have favor of the Lord, but don't think that God loves you more than he loves someone else. So we just got to get this down to uh, a better understanding about the body of Christ. If we did these things, we would not cause the harm that we cause to the body. We would not do the things that we do sometimes to the body. And trust me, I'm not sitting here as if I have not violated in this matter or if I have not done this in this matter. But when the one thing I have been doing with my life um, and um, and the older I get, I have to say this, um, is I want to be a better me, a better version of me than I was yesterday. I don't want to be the same in the same position, in the same brokenness, in the same state that I was when I first entered into into my uh, life as a Christian or when I entered into Christ. I don't want to be that person. I, that person had a lot more going on in their life that I didn't want to be a part of. That's why I gave my life to Christ. I gave my life to Christ because I was sick of some of the stuff that the old Sandy was doing. And I want to be sicker of it every day. I want to be more and more distant from that old person that I used to be. And so whenever I bring up topics, I always hope that people understand. It's not that I think that I have arrived because I have not. But in my understanding of what God is showing me, I want to share that with everyone, that this is something we all need to be understanding and gravitating to. And so this is one of my my thoughts today. Just uh, there should not be competition in the body of Christ. You know, sometimes we let people talk us up onto competition. You know, competition uh, uh, will cause us not to care for one another. Competition will will sometimes get us off track on our assignment. I was talking to my daughter uh, the other day, and I was letting her know that, you know, sometimes we have a difficult time being a table leg uh, when it comes down to the plan of God for the kingdom. You know, you know, everybody's not going to be a tabletop. Some of us are just going to be a support to the tabletop. And when I said that, I, I was saying that to try to get her understanding. It's kind of like the body of Christ. You know, everybody wants to be the the part of the body that that's seen and honored and, and everybody gravitates to and stuff, but nobody wants to be the foot. But little do they know the foot is such a needed part of the body. You know, nobody wants to be, you know, everybody wants to be the adored part of the body. But we don't have uh, an understanding that every part of the body 
is a needed part. If I was on the inside, if you were the liver, let's say that, uh, organ, so to speak, you have a part to play. And because no one comes and says, oh, you have such a pretty liver, <laughs> doesn't mean that your role in the function of the body isn't important. And so I kind of use the analogy of the table that a lot of times we get out of place because we want to be the tabletop when we were designed to be a table leg. And so being a table leg is okay. So when people pull up to the table, I mean, because they don't notice the table leg, they come up and say, oh, what a beautiful table. You may be down there holding up the table so that can be in all its glory, but just understand without your support that no one would necessarily probably notice the tabletop. But understand your role, you know, and I think that in the body of Christ, this is something that uh, we, if we understand one body but many functions, we will get this part right. We won't have so many duplications of the same thing. We'll learn to undergird what God has put in one individual. Like if God says, well, I want the hand to pick up this water. Well, the foot can't come and say, well, I can lift water too. Yeah, you probably can. And it'll probably take a little bit more effort and more practice. But the hand has been designed for that. Boom. See? And I probably could lift my feet. I'm not going to do it. And pick up this uh, bottle of water with my feet. But the fact of the matter is, is that if the hand is designed for that, the feet just support. Support the body so that I can reach to get the water with the hand. But we sometimes feel as though because we have a talent, because we have the ability, and because we have the opportunity that that is now our red light, a green light rather, to go and do what another part of the body is already doing. And so this is something I think that that I wanted to talk about because why we are not in place doing what we should be doing, like the foot is trying to be, you know, be up here reaching to grab the water, but the foot should be doing something else that the foot is designed for. And if we don't grab that thought that, I need to be in place to do and not be in competition with other parts of the body, but do what I'm designed to do, then there's going to be a part of the assignment or a part of the of what we're supposed to be doing that's not going to get done. There's going to be a part of us that's not going to complete what has been placed on us to do. If the foot is designed to carry the body, well, while he's up there trying to grab the bottle of water, the body's sitting still, waiting on the foot to kind of get up, get into place, and do your part as a part of the body that's designed for what it's designed for and not be in competition with the hand. I hope y'all getting this today. I hope that this is not something like, well, we already know this, but we're not practicing this. We know this, but we're not practicing this. And our world today has, has built us up in this. Um, and in the world, you know, everybody, you know, all you need is a camera. All you need is a mic. All you need is some lighting. And all you need is some time. And you too can do what I know hundreds and thousands of people are doing. The fact of the matter in the body of Christ, we have to make sure that we are designed, and this is what the assignment is on our life, that what we're doing, we're not in direct competition to what God is doing. Every part of the body is a needed part of the body. And I said, let me get some scripture in here because 
excuse me, this is what is this is what we need. Scripture helps us stay in content. Scripture helps us stay in line and in, in place. And it, it keeps us from um uh creating another path that God had designed for us because his word is a guide and a light to us. And so we should always refer to the word because I think on the round table, you're going to always get that. You're going to always, <laughs> when it's on the topics of biblical principles, we're going to, we're going to refer to the word. And so I went um, uh, to the scripture here and I, I wanted to go in Romans 12 and four, uh, the 12th chapter in the fourth verse. And it says here, and this is the NLT version. It says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has special function. It says in verse five, so it is with the, with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And it says here in verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now, see, this is the part that I wanted to talk about because we think this is, like I said, the foot could do what the hand was doing, which is grabbing the water, but the hand does it well. The foot would have to conform and figure out how to better do it, but the hand, say the hand, does it well. And this is the part where the body of Christ, where sometimes we end up, operating outside of our purpose and outside of what we have been designed for because we think because I can do it, not do it well, but I can do it that I'm supposed to do it. But this is in the scripture. It says here, and I got to put my glasses on because y'all know I'm 60 almost. I got to put the glasses on. It says here, uh, God has given us different gifts for certain things for certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with much faith as God has given you. Speak out. If you have the gift of prophecy, speak out. Don't hold it. If you have been given a vision and God gave you something to tell somebody, it does not make you a prophet. You know? To, to to have seen something or to for God to have given you a vision or to, to speak into someone's life does not make one a prophet. And this is, see, once again, we can find ourselves operating in stuff, doing things, being out in the, in the forefront of something when that's not your place. Um, verse 7 says, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. Now, this right here is, is, a, is a pet peeve of mine. I say whenever you're serving someone, serve them to their capacity of what they want to be served. Don't serve people like you want them to be served. If you're going to serve, it says here, serve well. Not to your standard, but to the person that you're serving, to their standard. We have to, uh, uh, in the body, we have to learn how to in, walk in our gifting. And if you don't serve well, you might not. that might not be your gift. You might operate in it. You might find yourself in a servant capacity, but you might, if you're not doing it well, it's not a knock to you, but it just may not be your gift. It may be the thing that you do, but you don't do it well. Because when you serve well, it's from, it's, a lot of times it's from the heart, and it doesn't bother you to serve. 
When it bothers you to serve, that might not be your gifting. That might be, and, and, and everybody is not in that capacity. And I know I heard somebody say, but, you know, it says he's greatest in the kingdom is those who serve. I get that. But there are some people who are gifted. See, this is, we're talking about the giftings now. Some people are gifted. I know some people who, um, you know, they don't know anything but to serve. And they do it with a smile. They never grumble. They never complain. They never think it's out of the way. They, they, just, it's, they do it with joy and with grace. And it's because they've been graced to do it. But then you have some people who serve, and the moment that you don't like what they're serving, they have a problem. And that's a problem. Maybe that's not your area to serve in. So I said here in the scriptures, the best, the, the competition comes in sometimes because we want to be in a place that that's not our area. And sometimes we find ourselves finding our place. So you may find yourself operating as a function of the body that you're not. Until you realize, say you realize, you're not that part. I'm not a, you know what, I'm not a hand. Let me stop trying to grab the water. Let me, let me stop trying to do this or that when that's not my role. That's not what I've been built for. Because sometimes we'll find ourselves in a place doing things, operating as a part of the body that we're not. Verse uh, 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 7 says, if you're gifting serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. Teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. People who have the gift of giving, you never hear it. They give and they have no problem with it. They give and they don't talk about it. Some people, you know, they, 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 they say they're giving, but they let the world know that they're giving. And sometimes they, they try to make it a testimony. No, let other folk testify of you. You don't have to testify of your giving. When you're a true giver, others will speak it. You don't have to come back and tell people what you did and what you gave. That's not the gift of giving. That's just somebody that's just, you know, you, you, you want the fanfare. We, we, we get into that, but that's not a part of the gift of giving. you got to be able to... Uh, release things to give to people or, to, or, or however it is that you're being used in that capacity. And it is it doesn't take anything from you if it's not recognized. See, uh, giving and gift of giving, two separate things. Gift of giving doesn't need recognition, doesn't look for recognition, does, does it because it is a part of them. They, they almost cannot not do it. When you give, sometimes sometimes we give because we got a motive behind why we're giving, and that's not the gift. So we got to just keep things in the balance when it comes down to the body of Christ. If we all stayed in the capacity in which we were designed, we would be a great support to one another. My fingers support my hand. My hand supports my arm. My arm supports my 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 shoulder, my shoulder supports my back. My back supports my all of my parts of my body. My legs, my feet rather support my ankles. My ankles support my leg, my leg, my knee, my knee, my hip, all the way up. They all work in conjunction together. But sometimes when we see the body of Christ, we're not working together. We work against each other, like an immune deficiency going on. 
in the body of Christ, we we got an immune deficiency movement going on where the the hand is over here telling everybody about with the feet, you know, talking down at the feet. We don't understand that we have need of each other. We don't we don't understand that, you know, without the hand reaching for the water, feet you wouldn't get you wouldn't get water. You might not drink today. We have immune deficiency because we feel like we don't have to uplift one another. This is the this is the class today. The class is is that we have to uh, learn that we are all here together, one body, to support and encourage, lift, edify, take care of, support as far as like in in function each other. We're not a competition. This hand doesn't fight with this hand. If this if if that happened, we call that mental illness. To see you take this hand and strike this hand, we would think something's mentally wrong, that that body is malfunctioning. So when we see that happening, and I'm just showing you the picture because this is what's happening, and, and this is the funny part about this. We see it happening. We know it's happening. We watch it happen. We participate in it happening, and we still don't do anything about it. We still don't pull back and say, you know what, we're not supposed to function this way. Sometimes we feel like we're justified for functioning, malfunctioning. We think we're justified because of some hurt, offense, problems, you know, divide, whatever. We think that it's okay for the body to be in malfunction. And I'm telling you scripturally, we do not have that place. I don't know where I don't know why we feel like we get to write rewrite the, the, the Bible when it comes down to how we do in our justification. We feel like, well, if if this happens or that happens, I'm now justified to step out of Scripture and be out of order. And it's okay because God understands and he knows my heart. I'm telling you, he does know our heart. And because he knows our heart is evil, he sends us with the word to tell us, no, you can't be there. No, you cannot have that, 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 that the art. You cannot have that problem. You cannot have that separation from the hand from the foot, eye from the from the ear. You cannot. You need each other. God is telling us as the body of believers, we need each other. And until we learn, and, and Lord knows, don't let it be about denominations, certain practices. We'll divide and be opposite of each other in the body of Christ just due to the name on the church. We'll let social... Okay, now I'm about to get in trouble. We'll let social settings or social status come in and divide believers from each other because I belong to a social group. Nowhere in the scripture do we find that social group supersedes uh, the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, it says for us to do good unto all men. And then it says, but especially those of the household of faith. So the fact that someone says, I'm of the household of faith is a place for someone to now put me in consideration as priority from one believer to another. We're to do good to all men. Like we're not supposed to treat anybody wrong. 
But then it comes right back and says, but especially of the household of faith. So anytime we find ourselves treating someone of the household of faith wrong, I don't care what your title is. I don't care who you are. I don't care what social group you belong to. I don't care uh, uh, what your status is in the community. I don't care how much money you got in the bank. I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't care if your children are, are doing uh, or, 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 uh, astronauts and one just discovered a whole new molecule. It doesn't matter. If you're treating another brother or sister in Christ so a part of the body wrong. The Bible says that's not supposed to be. And there is no scripture that justify separation of the body of Christ. Now, I'm not going to talk about the fact that there are times when people are turned over to themselves, that God has allowed a reprobate state to take place, or that someone has been excommunicated, that God has released them because they are not lined up with the word, Oh, God, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about when we find ourselves against another believer, another Christian, another daughter or son of God. When we find ourselves there, you will not have a justified reason to be there because God has not given you one. Mm-mm. And I know we got this. Uh, we got this new thing coming now. Um, secret repentance. Secret repentance. Secret repentance is basically where we ask God to forgive us for how we feel or have how we've done somebody, but we never go back to the person and tell the person. Secret repentance. But some of us have heard that to go back and make it right, but we haven't done so. But the fact of the matter here is in the scripture, we're not justified for being separate or uh, uh, being a part of separating the body of Christ. I've been real big in, on this lately about uh, discord in the body, but this is part of that, that the scripture doesn't allow us to do that as well. Um, that, that's in 1 Corinthians. Let's go there. 1 Corinthians. But uh, there should not be where... Division is allowed. You know, the Bible tells us to mark them. To, to mark people, uh, and I'm just paraphrasing, but when, when people don't want to line up with the Word of God, the Bible tells us to mark them. And we think that that only comes with, you know, if somebody has sexual sin, mark them. Or somebody, you know, uh, steal money, murder, we mark them. We ought to mark the busybodies. We ought to, we ought to mark the, the, the people who set up discord. We ought to mark those people. We ought to mark, because they cause more damage in the body of Christ than anyone else that, 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 that we can name. We can name the, the, we always talk about the people who have sexual sins. I don't know why we always talk about them. But we never talk about the fact that uh, someone has uh, pitted to believers against each other by what we take back we cause discord you know we 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 
uh, we are heard or words have been spoken to someone in confidence. And we instead of keeping it in confidentiality, we go back and tell the other person something and cause those two to be at odds. There is a reckoning day for that. There's a reckoning day for people who do this type of behavior. That busybody, you know, and, the, and, the, and Scripture tells us, you know, uh, silly women, silly women laden with sin. That means heavy, weighted down, weight laden with sin, going from house to house, keeping up foolishness. You know, we have a, we have a, a, a brunch to keep up foolishness. We have a dinner party to keep up foolishness. We have a breakfast meeting to keep up foolishness. We don't get together and encourage each other. We get together just to keep up foolishness. We're laden with sin. And we think because we ain't fell down in the bed with somebody that, that we're not laden with sin. No. Laden with sin could be just gossiping, just full of, uh, of, of discord, just uh, being a busybody. You know, we, 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 we try to tear people's character down. But if you're so holy, I always say that if you if you got so much power and authority in the night in the name of Jesus, why don't you just lay hands on people and help them be delivered? Because the gossip is not helping it. The discord is not helping it. Taking in and 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 putting people on blast, that's not helping it. These things right here, this this right here, this is to get us to look at ourselves, see. See where we are. See whether or not we be in the faith. You know, this is uh, the, the, the body of Christ being in competition with each other, being divided, being separate. We got to recognize we are a broken body. Or, or we think we're part of the body, but we're not. Some of us are not a part of the body. We come to church. Hmm? We go to meetings. We belong to organizations that say it's, it's about God. But in the actuality, it's full of mess. We think we're part of the body, but we're not. The enemy has let you be right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, you good. You, yeah, you, you good. But in actuality, you're lost because of the things, our representation, our fruit says that we are not. Our fruit says that we are in a, in a fallen state or in, in a broken state. Okay. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Um, I, I would have really loved to have had uh, some some chit chat back and forth on this one because this is this is something that I think we all uh, can relate to. It's I think uh, why sometimes our young people don't really want to come to church sometimes is because of all that they've experienced and seen happening in the church for so long. I think that that is a reason why our young people. They want something more. They want something. They want something more than mom and daddy going to church on Sunday and then come home and they chew the pastor up or they uh, 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 smoking and drinking and cussing and fussing at home. Kids saying, like, "I thought we was just at church. I thought God be glorified, and I thought you you just you were slain in the spirit. When you slain in the spirit, and now you home, you know. And especially us pastors, you know, we we didn't you just." Preach a fire and brimstone message. Now you home gossiping about sister so-and-so or gossiping about brother so-and-so. I think that's why our families and 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 and, and young people don't really want to be a part of the church anymore because they have been uh, desensitized by the foolishness that has been going on so long before them. Some of them have been uh, uh, bothered in the church, not just... 
mentally, but physically. You know, they came to church to be healed and, and set free and delivered, and then they get tampered with. And then we wonder why people don't want to come to the church. It's because we're divided. We, we're not what we're supposed to be. We're, we're, we're in competition. We are, uh, we're out of place. You know, I think that we got some, this is just a topic of being out, out of place, is um, we have people in title positions that are, that's not your thing. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. Or you're premature. I know that because people are saying, who do you think? I don't think I'm anybody. I just know this. I know my calling. I know I know what God has given me to do. The fact is, is that, um, and for everyone who stands in the, in the place of a leadership, you know, you got to know that it is going to be held to your account how we represent or misrepresent the kingdom of God how we misrepresent or mislead the people of God. There's a day that we'll have to give an account for it. So the, 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 fun, the misfunction or the malfunction of the body of Christ is that we've got to recognize that we need to come together. You know, pastors need pastors. Leaders need leaders. Lay members need lay members. People need to be delivered, healed, and set free. And why are we doing all this other stuff? You know, I think that we we've, we have enough uh, uh, services to, to highlight us. I think we do. I think we need to get back to services that, that, that focus on the work. You know, I, I give uh, Pastor Johnson uh, some kudos. You know, I love to see his uh, tent ministry uh, where he's out and uh, ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ in the tent, you know. And I know that's old-time way of thinking and whatever, whatever, but the fact of the matter is it's in the trenches. You know, he didn't need an elevation service for that. He heard the Lord go out there in the highways and the byways and compel men. Go out there and, and call them to, to him. And I, I give him kudos for that because it takes a lot of— First of all, it takes a lot of energy and takes a lot of time, and it goes against the grain of what's going on nowadays. Nowadays, it is the body of Christ is divided because everyone's trying to be the head. Everybody's trying to be the the uh, the appeal. You know, the new market is now is you know we're branding Jesus. You know, I got to get my brand up. What brand? What brand do we have? This is the divide in the body is causing the competition because we're trying to have a come up on Jesus. How are we going to have a come up on Jesus? How are we going to use what we receive so freely to have a come up? I was just waiting for an answer. Okay, there's no answer. There, you can't brand yourself with Jesus' free gift. You can't. Oh, did I? I'm going to say that again. You cannot brand yourself with Jesus' free gift. You don't have a come up with the gospel. He said, if I be lifted, not if you become branded, that you'll draw all men. See, you, we're drawing, but we're trying to draw to ourselves. See, this is where the body's malfunctioning. 
This is where we're losing our flavor. This is where we're not, you know, fun- you know, functioning correctly. You know, the hand swatting at the hand just, just sporadically out of nowhere. Because we're trying to have a come up. Branded. You won't find this in Scripture. I always, this is how I, I, I measure things. I measure things, Scripture. Like, what does the Scripture say to that? And whatever the Scripture says to that, that, that's where you have to stay. You have to keep it right there. We can't make, and some people we let, this is another, another thing. We allow the world, we, we allow the world, people with uh, what I call ungodly counsel, to speak to us what we should be doing opposite or possibly opposite of what God says. We got to stay focused. We can't let the world dictate to us what we ought to be doing as a body. We, th- this competition thing or this uh, competing to be uh, the next big great whatever thing in the earth is not of God. It always comes back to, I know this one thing, we get tired of hearing me say it, but the sin of Satan. The sin of Satan is this, and y'all can, y'all can quote me on this one. The sin of Satan is elevating himself above God or being more than he ought to be. That is the sin of Satan. And every time I look and see or smell or even hint like I see, that sin, I want to I, I pull back from it. I want to pull back from the sin of Satan. The sin of Satan, just in case you missed it, is whenever we want to be greater or more than God designed us to be. God designed Lucifer uh, for a specific thing for a specific reason. And at some point, Lucifer, Satan, the dragon, started thinking he was more than what God had designed him for. And if you look around just a little bit, check with you first. Don't check me. Check with you first. What have I been designed for? Am I a table leg? Am I a foot? Am I an ear? Am I trying to be the mouth? Am I trying to be the tabletop? Am I trying? Has somebody told me that I I I need to be a tabletop? I need to be something more than stay in the place that God has designed you for. Many parts of the body. Many functions of the body, one body, we all have different administrations, different things that we do. But we'll let the enemy speak into our ear and get us off of our duty that we're supposed to be doing. Now, mind you, if for some reason my hand got hurt and I needed my foot, my foot may not be designed for it, but in the place of my hands not being able to reach it, could I use my foot? I probably could. But whenever my hands are available, my feet don't support my hand taking care of what the hand take care of. It's all I'm saying. And I know some people are thinking, well, you know, why, why is she saying that? Because we are in some areas when it comes to the church, we are out of whack 
when it comes down to being in the place we ought to be and the body functioning like it's supposed to function. So much is going on in the earth, and a lot of some things that are happening is because the body of Christ is out of order. It's just some things that we're not supposed to be involved in or participating in, some things that we're doing that's got us off focus, some things that we're, we're allowing ourselves to be consumed with because we're off focus, we're off task. We're in competition with each other. We're fighting against each other. The body is immune deficiency going on. Breaking down. And then everybody, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to say it. Everybody hear God for themselves. So you, the, the body, like, the body can't even function the way it's supposed to function because the, the hand says, I have no need of you, knee. Uh, I have no need of you. I have no need of you, I. I have no need of you. I'm, I'm sufficient by myself. I don't need you. The hand says this, I have no need of any other part of the body. The finger, this, this finger says, you know what, I'm a good thumb, I'm, I'm good, I'm healthy, and I don't need the rest of y'all. This is what the thumb's saying. Well, I'm looking at the thumb, yeah, you look healthy, but you're healthy because the rest of the body is helping you to be healthy. And whenever we find ourselves feeling like we're uh, a lone ranger, we have no need of anything, and I want I want the whole body of Christ to understand this one thing: we all need a head. We all need we all need a head. Without the head, ain't none of us functioning. <laughs> I, I'm gonna put that right there and sit there. Let's, let's go. Let's go where I was going. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 27. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. The, the, the human body has many parts, but the many parts still all come together and make one body. The Christian faith has many parts and many moving parts at that. But ultimately... It should be one body. And when I see parts of the body that say they won't associate with another part of the body, that is immune deficiency. Even if that part is, if that part is sick, say, say, okay, well, I don't really want to get close to them because they're sick. How about let's help that part of the body get healed? Because ultimately, if they're a part of the body, their sickness is causing all of us to be sick. Have you ever noticed that the Christian faith is one of the most bashed faiths out there? Because we're all over the place. We're all over the place. They, we're mean as fire. We don't, we don't get along and we don't get along with nobody else. You know, we're, we're, we're called the, the most divided faith, which is Christian, Christ followers, the most divided faith. Catholics do what they do. Muslims do what they do. Christians, 
We are the most divided. Even when it comes down to our race, we, we divided that part. Like when we get to heaven, do we really think we're going to have color? Like, like do we really think color's going to be a thing? Color's only a thing down here because we, we don't feel good about ourselves, so we need somebody to dump on. Now, I find it funny sometimes that when I go to certain ethnic uh, uh, restaurants or, or, uh, or place of business and uh, they think that they're better than me. <laughs> I just, I find it almost funny. I'm thinking to myself, this, this is crazy. But in our faith... As believers, as Christians, we have Christians who think they're better than other Christians because of their status, of, of who they are in, in the society or the amount of money that they have or the, the, uh, of who they know. We think that we uh, are better than other Christians. But that's just like the rich man and Lazarus. That's what it's going to end up being like. It's going to be like the rich man and Lazarus for a lot of people. Because we think that we on this earth have arrived someplace and then we are just too good, too busy, too this or that to reach down to the lowly. And Christian faith is all about that. The almighty king, the almighty God in human form came not to, not to be a, held as great king of this world, but he says kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom was not of this world. He didn't come here to conquer the Romans. He came here to conquer sin. And if that meant the Romans sinning their life, sinning their life too. He didn't come here to take and set the Jewish community uh, on no pedestal as far as in the earth realm. I know we don't want to hear that, but it's facts. Our social status will not put us in a better place in heaven. As a matter of fact, if we don't use what we have as, a, as our social status here in the earth for the betterment of men, you'll be held accountable for it. The rich man was. We don't like to read about that, but the rich man was held accountable for his status that he did not utilize in the earth. This is, this is all stuff that, as, as believers, is right here in the Bible. But for some reason, we've, we've, we've gotten so laxy-daisy. We've gotten so comfortable in just commonness with the world that we don't, even, we don't even consider what we're reading, teaching, listening to as the Word of God, as a standard for us to follow when it comes down to a body of believers. We just gotten so comfortable we don't even adhere to the word to fall in line and be what the word has told us to be, to even uh, to even adhere our ear to even line up because this is what it is. This is like something we should get lined up with now. Now we've heard this. We can be offended by it, and I know some people are going to say they're offended by this, and I understand it because when you first hear something, the correction, yeah, it's it's for the moment, it's grievous. But after we consider what's being said, if it's line by line, precept by precept, if it's lining up with the word of God, we have to consider and take it to heart and fall in line with it. It's just a part of who we are. We are not supposed to be a, a, a dead entity. We are a living organism, the body of Christ. 
And we're not supposed to stay teeny tiny forever. We're supposed to grow and mature in Christ. So this, the things that, that I considered um, um, as okay 10 years ago, should, I should be mature now to understand that that's not cool. And not only that, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't embrace it and, 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 and shelter it. And I sure don't support it. And especially when it goes directly against the word of God. Verse 14 says, uh, well, did I do that part? No, it says here, some of us, verse 13, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we, and we all share the same what? We all share the same. See that part. We all share the same spirit. So no matter how grander you think you are, I've heard, I've heard people say, well, let me say, I've heard a person say this. I can't say people. I've heard a person say this. They're nothing to me. They're nothing to me. I've heard people say that. I heard more than one person say that. But I used to hear this one person say it all the time. They're nothing to me. And what we say is nothing God sent his only begotten son for. We'll have to answer to God about that word one day. We'll have to answer to God about why we thought that they were nothing to you. And why we thought we were something to say that they were nothing, God's going to want to know why. Which, what are you that they are nothing to you when they're everything for him? To the point that his, his son was uh, sacrificed and offered up. How is what was so important to God that he would leave his throne in glory? And we consider it nothing to us. See, our treasure, what's valuable, we as the body of believers, if we, if we knew who we were in Christ, we wouldn't make those type of statements. We wouldn't look at people as somebody as nothing to them or nothing to us. If you have the mind of Christ and the heart of God, you cannot utter those words. You can't speak that language. It's a demonic, evil word to say that, that somebody, and most of the time probably because of offense, is nothing to them. You have to answer one day. Verse 14 says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, what that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? This is the part that I said that the competition got to stop. The competition got to stop because I can't be an eye, because I can't be an ear, because I can't be, you know, this, that, or that, whatever, that, I, you know, you still a part of the body. It doesn't change because that's what you want. Well, I, I know some people, um, 
you know, may know the word of God, may know the, may know the, 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 the Bible. They know the Bible. They know this Bible. It don't make them a pastor because they don't have a heart for people. Pastors are from the heart of God. Pastors love the people. And when you see people that don't love people, you ain't telling me you no pastor. When you say I can't hardly, t- I can't hardly do people, you might have stepped out and, and tried to be a tabletop when you was a, uh, uh, supposed to be in somebody's Caleb. Because the pastor loved the people. He's, he's the one that goes after. He, he's the one, he's the shepherd that'll go after the lost sheep. And when sheep get on your nerve and you don't want to go after them, see, maybe, just maybe, that's not your place. Maybe you're supposed to be a good Caleb, a good Joshua to somebody. You know, maybe you need, need a little more time until you d- matured into that position. Maybe you hadn't had enough life experience to understand that, you know, uh, people make mistakes and that you must have leeway for them to grow. But when we're out of place, when we don't know who we are, when we are trying to be another part than we are supposed to be, you'll find yourself stepping in place where you're not supposed to be or prematurely stepping in place. I think I was, um, and I think I've said this before, but I think I was 19 when I heard God say that I would uh, be full-time ministry that, and that I would teach the gospel. I think I heard it at like a 19 years old. But I didn't get, not that was back in 84. But I didn't get ordained to be a minister until 2005. 2005 was my, was my uh, ordination to, to become uh, 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 an elder, preacher of the gospel. And... As far as full-time ministry, that didn't happen until 2000, and I think it might have been 2002, full-time ministry, from 84. I heard it in 84. I heard that I would be teaching uh, the gospel uh, in 84. But my ordinations and my paper and and, uh, what God was uh, setting me up for didn't happen until decades later. Sometimes we have to let, let, you know, be like good wine. Now, don't y'all go out there trying to find a wine bottle. But we have to age well, like good cheese. Let's say cheese. Can't get in trouble with no cheese. We have to be like good cheese. Age well. You have to come to a mature place where you're, you're where you're be good in on the palate of others. Can't just come straight out and out and 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 hear it today and be it tomorrow. Sometimes that's our thing. Sometimes we're not ready uh, for the uh, the the, the uh, what we think we've been called to. I heard it then, and and a lot of what I heard, I didn't even understand what I was hearing. But he was he was telling me and showing me that I would do this. I'm like, okay. Then I had another person come and 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 minister to my life and told me I would be doing stuff like this. This wasn't even on my radar. 
Nope. And 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 refused it two years when I heard directly from the Lord what I'm supposed to do. Two years I debated about doing it. Because I said, Lord, there's so many voices out there talking. Everybody with a mic got a voice now. And that's when he gave me that I need my voice in the earth because of that. Because there's so many voices out there, his voice needs to be out there. What he says about the matters need to be out there. And so that's why the roundtable is formed, because there's so many voices. But verse 18 says, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Can we grab that? God has put the parts where he don't don't let people take and 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 we uh, have you engrafted into another part of your body, another part of the body. If you're a hand, don't let them take and just disconnect you and have you your hand put down here trying to be a foot. Stay in your place. God has put you exactly. This is the part that I, that I keep saying when I almost say that. God has put you where he wants you to be. God has done what he needs to do. We, I don't know why we think that God is not big enough to do as he please. Like he's not capable of making the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the world what he wants it to be. He uses people to do this thing. But trust me, he's in full control, full charge of what is going on. Now, because things go a little distance in, in disarray sometimes, doesn't mean that God is not able to do. Still, man has a will that God honors. He has a will that God honors. But there are some who have not bowed to Baal that God is using to still put what he says out into the place, into the earth. So don't let people make you a foot when you a hand make you an eye when you a ear I know people don't ever talk very much about the ear because the ear is hidden it's one of the, when you especially with the hair and stuff it's, the ear is one of those hidden things but it's such a needed thing we need the ear we need to be able to hear it's our defense mechanism against things we need the ear if everybody want to be an eye we'll be deaf same thing with the, uh, you know, if every if everybody wanted to be a mouth, we have no no vision. Stay in the place that God put you. He put you where He wanted you to be. Stay there. And I'm gonna venture off and say this too. Sometimes that's even in ministries. Sometimes we get up and move too fast because of something we don't like. But sometimes we need to sit tight. God has put you there for a purpose. Many things have been worked out of me in my place of discomfort. Just staying in place. Just being where God says, this is where I want you and this is where I want you to be. But we fall, as soon as we get a little uncomfortable, we get to shifting. We get to moving. We get this place where God says, I placed you there. Nothing will come upon you that you will not be able to bear. Sit down. Let me do in you a good work. That's a whole nother show, isn't it? But it's good. Good little nugget right there. It says here, let's jump down to 22. It says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are usually the most 
necessary. Did you hear what I said? Some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Like, I never try to be anything more than what God said. As a matter of fact, if I had my way, I wouldn't be doing this platform. If I had my way, if it was done the way I wanted to be done, you know, I just would have talked somebody else up on to, come on, let me help you make this thing happen for you. You can get out there and you can talk and, you know, you got a pretty face going out there. Let me help you get this. I'd have put it together for him. Sometimes we're trying to be something on the front end where you're actually the heart. Think about it. The body here, no one can see the heart. Let the heart stop. You ever met people like that? There's some families that the person is the heart of the family, but you, you they, 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 they way, you know, they pull way back. You don't, you don't see them a lot. You don't hear them a lot. But you know, they the heartbeat of the family. You know, they, 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 their, their function, that what. Uh, or, or let's say that their input, you know, they come and they, they drop what they need to be dropping and then they, they, they back to quiet again. But what they, what they bring to the table is so necessary. And sometimes in the kingdom, we think the platform is the necessary. Mm-mm. Sometimes it's that old mother in the back of the room or a, a, a kind-hearted sister or devote, a devout brother who is kind and greeting and uh, prayerful, got a prayer life that is necessary. The pulpit might not even be uh, up to par. Who's to say? Sometimes it's not that. Sometimes we're trying to be the part that's not necessary. And verse 23 says, and the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. And and I think that that sometimes we get it mixed up with honoring our pastors. We may sometimes slip off into a little bit of uh, worship our pastors. And just got to be careful with that. Be careful with, you know, loving your pastor, honoring your pastor. And then, you know, if, if you don't watch it, it can slip off into something a little bit more than what it's supposed to be about your pastor. And I'm not speaking against pastors because I love my pastor too. The fact of the matter is there's a thin line sometimes that we can get to when it comes down to our pastor, our church, you know, whatever, being being that in the same vein, we're one body. I don't know how we got the cheerleading thing going on about churches against church. My church is the best church in the world. Okay, whatever. That is just nonsense on, on a stick. Loving our pastor and honoring our pastor it is it is a line that you can get to that if if they don't do it past, I'm talking you pastors. If they don't back off, you better back them off. When they start hailing you too much. Put them in check. Tell them don't do this. Tell them don't put me higher than I'm I'm supposed to be. Tell them no, wait a minute, hold on. I'm 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 uh look. I gotta bow and say, forgive me, Lord, like the rest of y'all do. 
Don't let them put you in a place above honor as, as the pastor. Don't let them put you in a place of worship. That's another uh, immune deficiency in the body. You know, the body, we done took the focus off of Christ, and, the, and now the focus is on the, the man or woman of God, you know, on God's uh, 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 leadership in the church. Keep it in. This is another way to keep it in the road. Don't let it get off, off beat. Don't let the competition come in, you know, with churches against churches. Well, our churches, we doing this, we doing that. That's your function. Don't, 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 you know, the hand, you don't get no praise for being the hand. You're the hand. You're supposed to do that. Oh, y'all, did y'all see? Ooh, the eyes with that blanket. They with the blanket, y'all. Did you see the eyes just blanket? You supposed to blank. Eye. You, you the eye. Mm. Now, that, now, here comes, here comes the, the, the knee to my, did you see me bend? Did you, did you see me bending? Knee, you supposed to bend. You're functioning in what you're supposed to, what you were designed to do. So pastors, you are supposed to preach. You're supposed to teach. You're supposed to love the sheep. And the sheep are going to love you back. But make sure they don't hype you to no place above honor. Going into worshiping now. Going into competing with other parts of the body about what you're functioning supposed to be. If you're a good preacher, preach good. Every preacher don't preach the same. You know, and when we do that, that's that's dysfunctional. When we uh, size preachers up against one another, you know, they, this one can preach and this one can't preach. Listen, listen to the message. It doesn't matter that they can spin three times before they catch that napkin that they threw up in the air. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he can say big swelling words. That doesn't matter. Is the message? Did you hear the message? What did they say? Cause that's me. I'm I'm just not impressed with all the you know the big words and the and the and the eloquent prayers and the doesn't move me. I need to know the sincerity of the prayer, and I need to know that the words that you speak be true from God. Outside of that, I don't need to know that you can rise and fall in your voice and that you can hum on the end of it and, or that you can, I don't need to know all that. That's for you. That sounds like that's something in your prayer closet you ought to be doing anyway. And that's all I'm saying. It, it, we, when we start comparing, you know, flowers, the rose against the, the lily and the lily against the tulip and listen, different flowers for different things. Everybody don't want to, everybody don't want to hear the hoop. Some Christians don't want to. That's not they. That's not they slice the pie. And for us to think that if you ain't hooping or if if you ain't shouting every Sunday or if you ain't so, that that'll make you a believer. But when we make that a criteria uh, against the body, one against each other, it it tears the body down. These are all things are just to for us to sit and think about, ponder in our mind. Yeah, I have been kind of critical, you know, about other preachers. Yeah, about how they preach. Yeah, I have been critical that they read their, their their because uh, I know preachers that are critical about people, preachers who read their sermons. Why? Is it true? Is the word true in which they read it? 
Is it true? Is what they're reading the word of God? And if it is, why we got a problem with it? We read the word of God off the, off, out of the Bible. What is wrong with reading the word of God uh, when you minister in the word? But there again, we find ourselves immune deficiency body, competing with each other, tearing down at each other the thing that doesn't matter. That's the function in which they were made. That's the function in which they were created. Why are we having a problem? We shouldn't have a problem with that. I wouldn't have a problem with that. And it has no no bearing on whether or not they've been called. You think about the uh, back in the day, the scribes and the uh, the Pharisees. You know, they pulled the, the scrolls and they just read what the old what the Word of God said to remind them of God's law, the commandments. They read them, okay. So now we don't got on the thing now that if you don't do it this way, then that's not from God. No. That's a different function. That's your function. That's how God created you. That's how God, you know, I, I noticed as well that we think that if you don't pray loud and if you don't, you know, in your prayer, if you don't fill up every moment of the space with words while you're praying, even if you got to use Father God 13,000 times while you say it just to keep the air from, you know, being any kind of space there. I don't. I don't see why that's a necessity. You pray how you reach heaven and let other people pray how they reach heaven. If it's reaching heaven, does it matter? Yeah. Yeah. Pray. Preach. If you want to preach from your paper, preach. Let it be true. Whatever it is, just let it be true. That's my point. <laughs> Go down to, uh, this is my final part of here. Oh, goodness, Lord, you're so good. This, uh, verse 24, verse verse 25, no, 20, 24, it says here, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care, so God put the body together such with that, such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmonious or harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, this is the, this, this description here. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Now, if, the, if, if, if I'm a born-again believer and I've got things that have got to be worked out of me, if I've got things that I need to be delivered from, I'm a part of the body. If, if, the, if the foot got dirt on it, it is a part of me as the body of Christ to help the foot get clean. I'm, I'm a part now. And every part of the you know, when we come to Christ, we come with everything that was not good about us. We come with the gunk, with the messed up, with the, with the yuck, right? So when we come with the yuck, I can't dismiss the body because it's got the yuck on it. 
The only time that we are now supposed to separate ourselves from people is when they, like if I'm trying to clean the foot and it doesn't want to be clean, it wants to be dirty. It wants to be detached. It doesn't want to be connected to the body the way it's supposed to. That's a problem. That, that's God's problem. Though. That's not our problem. That's God's problem. If the foot keep causing problems, it can mess around and get amputated. It can mess around and get taken. You know, God will take that. He'll take care of that. You know, there, there's a, there's, there's a, uh, there's a, a, a place that God, he deals with us. Even in the body of Christ, he deals with us. But it is for the body as a whole, we're supposed to take care of one another. When my head itch, I, my, my hand reaches up to take care of my head. When my eyes cry, my hand reaches up to wipe the tear. When my knee hurts, my whole body, my eyes look to it, my hand touch it, my leg draws up to like my foot want to come near to. That's how the body takes care of itself. That's, that's how in the natural body looks like when, when there's a part, when it's one. In the, in the church, as a body of believers, we got to start looking like that. We got to start looking like the natural body does in its joy, in its pain, in its good, in its bad, in its sickness, in its healing, in its rise, in its fall. We've got to start being one in its function and the functionality of it. We've got to take on this, what, what Christ was describing to us here in Corinthians and Romans. We've got to take on the pattern to be, to be okay, to be a support one to another. And, and this is the good thing about the body. Whatever good is coming to it, the whole body benefits. That's why it said in that last part, and each of you are part of it. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you are, are part. No, that second up there in 26. It says, and if one part is on it, all parts are glad. When my mouth eats, my whole body's happy. Woo, yay. Because they know they about, it's going down. The stomach happy. The body's happy. Everybody's happy. The mouth is tasting. But the, but the arm don't say, I want to taste. The arm just cares about being nurtured. That is going to get the nutrients from it. But the mouth is the only one tasting. And if the brain didn't tell it to taste, it wouldn't do that. So when we have something good that happens with the body, it ought to be everybody's glad. If it ain't your church, it's still the body of Christ. When something good, that's why even on Facebook, when somebody's church is doing something I try to, even if I can't be there, you can't be at everything, but if you can't be there, I can be happy for it. I can be joyous for it. When another church is hurting, it hurts. It, it, it's, it should be a pain to us. It shouldn't be a, a joy that, well, I, I knew they were going to be there. That's not God. Some of us could have been a help to others, but we weren't. Because the body is, it's not, we're not operating the way we should be. We're not, we're not with one accord. But we can shake it. Come on. 
We can shake this. We don't have to be stay in this state. First, uh, the thing was is to for us to this whole thing was for us to recognize where we are. And to recognize those around us that try to keep the body from being one. I've, I've seen some people do some awesome things this year. Some people who have started some new careers in singing. Some people who have started some new careers in, um, you know, in doing different things for the Lord. Some people who have who, who branched off and, 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 and started new ventures that to uh, bring glory to the kingdom of God. And my thing is joy, 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 unspeakable joy. You know, that that's me. If I can't be a help to you, I sure enough not going to hurt you. But some people just don't have that in them. And we can't let this be. We can't continue to allow the body of Christ to be so divided, so competitive, so unjoint or disjointed, I should say. That's a good word disjointed that we look, you know, deformed to the world we look deformed, to the world we look like, uh, I don't want to be a part of that because they ain't got their thing together. Yeah. I've I've had to repent on things, you know, moving out of emotions and feelings and hurts and pains, you know. I've had to repent, but I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that's got to repent. There are many others who have to repent of this. This mentality, this mindset of how we are as believers, as a body of believers. You know, we and, and I always say this, the warning before the fall. Uh, and a healthy uh, spirit before destruction. We don't want to be that. We, we hear the warning that, that one day we'll have to answer for why we're doing what we're doing when we do it especially when it brings harm, discredit to the body of Christ. We got to see our ways. You know, we always say this, Lord, show me me. Yeah, okay, here you go. I ain't want to hear from her. Okay, well, here you go. It doesn't change. I've been made, created, formed for this. And so there's somebody else out there I'm I'm sure saying the same thing I'm saying because I've heard it. I've heard people saying the same thing I'm saying. But what I haven't done is uh, I see some movement in the changing of it. But we got to get the leaders. Leaders, you're the key. If we as leaders change and, and, and move in this way better, the, the followers, the parishioners, the, 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 uh, the, the, body of, the rest of the body will fall in as well. But we've got to get it first. You know, I, I, I appreciate... The position that God has me in is not necessarily a, 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 a good feeling sometimes to have to say things, but it's not a good feeling when the Lord shows it to me. But taking and hearing and hearkening unto his voice has made me a better person. Yeah. And so that's what the word of God is supposed to do. The word of God is supposed to create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. The word of God is supposed to change our hearts and our minds so that the mind that be in Christ be in us. We got to take time to consider the word of God. Sometimes we dismiss people, you know, because, you know, we, we don't want to hear from that person. We think that, you know, uh, we're God and we can pick and choose who we want to bring the correction. 
But if we dismiss his prophets and prophetesses, if we dismiss them when he sent them, who do you think you're going to hear from? There's a reckoning day. There's a day where we all have to answer for our actions and our deeds. And then we can't, well, the first thing we got to do is set aside our pride. Set our pride aside so that we can make uh, the repentance that we need to make. Because, uh, you know, sometimes we don't put so much dirt out there that if we set our pride aside and, and really do it the right way, you know, everybody we know would know that we have been something. In the body of Christ. But for my soul's sake, I don't care if somebody knows I've been something. I'm going to get it right. And I would say to everyone, do the same. Don't let pride keep you from getting in right, getting it right, and getting in order with God. And it starts from the head all the way to the tail. All the way to the, from the, from the beginning of the church to the end of the church. I don't care what your position is, what your title is. And, I, you know, it, we, we just got to get this part right because we are now the representation of God in the earth. And if we don't set the precedence to where people are looking to God for the answer, if they don't look to him for the hope, where will the people look? We've got to get this body healthy to where we are now what people look to for an answer. I don't know about you, but there's nothing and nobody that I want to stand between me and God, me and heaven, me and eternal life with, with God. Nothing. And for that purpose, I come here and I, I solicit to you all to join me at the round table, to hear the words that I'm speaking, to consider what's being said, and let's do it God's way. Because we've done it our way. We've done it our way long enough. And we've made a hot mess of it. And don't let the voices of others telling you you're good when you know you're not good. Because they don't know the deep, dark secrets behind. They don't know the voices behind the scene that God has been speaking to you. They, they don't know what God has told you, you you better do, but you let somebody talk you out of it. No. Do what God says. Repent. Line up. Start becoming an honorable part of the body. Start becoming a part of the body that's useful and helpful one to another. Let's remember that we all belong to the same body. There are no, we say this cliche, there's no big eyes and little use, but we do. We have big eyes and little use all day long based on status, what we think status is. But God has the final say and final word. And all I'm going to do, I'm going to say what God says, and I'm going to do as God says do. And I suggest you do the same. So I'm just going to wrap this up and just say I love you all with the love of God. I pray that your day and your week is full of joy and full of God's promises and blessings. So until we meet again at the round table, I'm going to bid you adieu and say be blessed. Stay in God's favor. Childhood memories, great smiles, jumping off the swing. I was